0: The Fabrice Gary Show, a podcast about the future of humanity. Let's face it, we collectively, as a species on this planet, face tumultuous challenges. And I've come to believe that those titanic challenges that we face cannot be faced alone. They need to be faced by bringing multiple perspectives to the table and really engaging our creativity, our imagination and really thinking outside the box. Because whatever we're doing right now, it's not working. (laughs) My two guests today are creators from the creative arts world. Josh is an actor and Mike is a producer. And I believe that their perspective is such a unique perspective in a sense that we really explore together what does it take for someone, anyone, to really pursue those creative impulses, that deep passion, that resides in the underbelly, this sense of meaning that I see a lot of people like today. I think engaging those deeper impulses of meaning is so central to creating a better future. We also explore the future of entertainment and how the industry is going to change, as well as the creative arts. I hold creatives and storytellers to the highest regard because I believe that storytellers and creatives need to paint a picture for what the future can be like. Because I feel like many people cannot imagine beyond what they have been taught and what have been told on how things are and should be. So this conversation is extremely enriching. Thank you for tuning in. Again, if you like what you heard, please share it. Leave us a five star on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, without further ado, let's dive right in. All right, welcome everyone. I am excited to have guests, two guests with us tonight or today. (laughs) So depending on where you're tuning in, uh, Ricola and Josh, I am going to dive right in. You two are dear friends who have dived in into the creative world. I want to hear your visions of your future, your visions of what drives your life. So I, I guess I'll start with this initial question is, um, how did you, when did you know that you wanted to go into the entertainment realm or the arts like creativity, like when was that shift for you? And was this a, a tough decision to wrestle with? Because I think the the creative path, I know at least like, you have to bring your entire self there. And, and sometimes a lot of people don't see those very integrative path that artists have to take. So I would love to, just if you could tell us a little bit about you, where you're calling from, and then also when when did you have that spark? Like, was it a film you read? Was it a book? Um, I'll let you dive in, whoever wants to start first.
1: I can go first if you want. Um, so again, my name is Mike Ricola. Um, I'm a filmmaker slash producer slash entrepreneur. Um, so I think for me, the, I knew I wanted to go into the arts for a myriad of reasons when I was younger. I first got exposed to um, fine art painting through museums in New York and Chicago and fell in love with the masters of fine art painting um, when I was very young because my parents used to take me to museums. So I so I was very fascinated by Edward Hopper, um, Jacques-Louis David as a form of painters. However, I think what's interesting is, is, is not knowing when someone wants to go in the arts and um, maybe Joshua might have a similar experience to me is, is knowing when you have the confidence to commit to a career in arts is I think a different and much more complex answer to that question. Cause that to me didn't happen until I was probably 30, 32 years old even and seeing it as truly like you said earlier, a vocation. So, Josh, you, yeah, I'll throw it to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll piggyback off that for sure. I don't, I don't know how you know me so well. Um, <laughs> We're <with laughs> meeting, um, but yeah, uh, my name is Joshua Mesnick, and I do relate to what Ricole is sharing in that I've always loved, um, specifically movie making and. Um, it was always like either a really silly thing I would do with friends or then uh, when I was in college, uh, it became more of like, oh, okay, we can do this like really well and we can make things that look good and sound good. Um, but I had always sort of felt like my creativity was best channeled towards a very um, responsible career. And, <laughs> right? And so I had assumed that um, making art, specifically making movies, was not really a responsible career path for me or at least it just didn't seem viable or I, did, I didn't even understand it and it just didn't feel like a path that was available to me. Um, so I worked in um, public education for a few years in New York City and part of what I taught as an alternative um, educational curriculum for public high school students was this idea that there is a quest or an adventure that awaits you should you choose that is connected to your passion and that's connected to what you love in life and that it's possible to live a life where that passion and that creative force is sort of inspiring you every day. And so that's a quest because it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be fun and it's not always going to be super clear to you, but it is there if you choose. And so I would like, in our classes, I would talk about this idea. And then I think part of me knew deep down that I still was yet to go on my quest to a degree. There was still part of my my life that had been undiscovered and uh, untapped. So at some point in like 2016, um, a fun like series of events happened where I linked up with a really awesome acting coach and I started, um, Sort of practicing more of what you would consider like the craft or the technique of acting, which is much different from casually doing improv comedy or just like making silly videos with your friends. And then um, I got a call from some of my best friends in college that I studied and uh, performed comedy with regularly. That they were going to move out to LA and get a house and pursue their dreams. And there's a bedroom open for me in this in this house if I want to be a part of that journey. And then a bunch of things clicked. And I realized that, oh, this is like those that choice moment for me where I can begin a new quest for myself and then consider making movies to be a viable professional career and like meld the two parts of myself. The one that wanted to be like a really good, you know, responsible man, and then the other one that wanted to be as a child again and, and make silly, crazy, awesome things with friends. And so, yeah, the combination of those two things sort of came together. And I moved out here to L.A. in
1: 2017 to uh, to work in the entertainment industry. And that's where I'm at now. Yeah, I love that because I used to be a lawyer. And so although I knew I wanted to be an artist from like eight years old, I never chased it and had the conviction because I didn't have the belief in myself. And it took me going through law school and becoming a lawyer where I realized all you need to do, like you said, is jump and for lack of a better phrase, build the parachute as you go, and I, and that's when later on at thirty, when I had that that revolution in my own thinking that led me to leave my career as a lawyer and a communications director on Capitol Hill and become a filmmaker and producer full time.
0: This is so fascinating. I I I really like what the idea of self confidence really resonated with me. And I really like your journey as well, Josh. It's, dude, you're you're almost trying to seek to become these mythical aspects of yourself that you dreamed as a child, and the world almost takes that away from us as we grow older. So I, I'm wondering, it's like, what does it? What was that revolution of ideas that, um, like, how, like, what led for that radical confidence? Because I know the the radical confidence is something that you actively have to engage, and you have to befriend, and you have to like really dance with but like what was that process for you too in terms of that revolution of ideas or I, maybe i'm assuming i don't know josh if you went through a, a similar process like when what when, when, like or even recall like when was that like what was that revolution of ideas that made you wanna like you just couldn't go on anymore like was it like a personal journey for you to realize this like because i feel like there's a lot of people that i know that are they have this intense energy about themselves, but it's like that confidence or those risks or jumping off the hill and knowing that things are going to be okay in the end is just like, because when you have one life, um, not to sound too existential here, but it's like, Oh, that's, that's actually true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's not existential.
0: <laughs> so, so I, I want to hear more about that revolution of, of ideas that, that bursts this self-confidence. How was that for you?
1: I'm I might I might again throw it to Josh in a second, but again, I think there's two different moments. It's when you it's when you self-realize that you're making the jump, and then when you fully believe again with your whole heart. So I made the jump in 2017 to leave my job and be my a full-time filmmaker in about the spring. I didn't really probably fully believe it until about eight months later, when I got stopped by security at an airport, and they asked me what I did. And it was the first time I said with conviction, I'm a filmmaker. And I actually believe the words behind that. And so for me, it was kind of the two different moments when the first time when you realize you're, you're kind of, I heard an interesting statement the other day, stress is when you work at something that you don't have a passion for. And and fulfillment is when you work at something that you do have a passion for. So it, so that first iteration was when I got so stressed out of my regular career that I knew I had to make a change. And then that second iteration was when I fully believed that I had not made, been a successful filmmaker, but has successfully transitioned from that past self that Joshua was talking about to that new adventure. Mm-hmm
2: so cool that uh you made your leap in the spring of 2017 because that's pretty much when i did too that's when i bought a car and drove that's wild! so super fun um yeah and so okay so that resonates with me a lot um because there was this moment for me where um i had the revelation i think through the as i shared before the events that sort of culminated where I got invited into a house and met an acting coach and had all these things come together. But also like um, I think for me, like a revelation was more of a permission that I gave myself to follow what was burning sort of inside of me. And I think part of it definitely has to do with other people. And that was that moment when I realized, Oh, wow, I have a great community in LA that I could have, you know, connection with. I have people on my family side that like support me. You know, I was very blessed to have sort of a, a general like life generally seemed as though it was sort of pushing me and I know that's not always the case sometimes it seems as though no one supports you no one cares no you know you don't have anyone out in LA you know and I really um honor people who make those kind of leaps where it's just like I don't care what the world says or anyone says I'm gonna follow my passion I think for me I was I I had tasted what it was like to Live a passionate life. And because um, the Question Project is the name of the program I was working with, it was a direct expression of my excitement. It was incredibly aligned with what I wanted to do. I love teaching. I loved being with kids. I love creating and impacting um, the world through education and and what that means. Um, I, I just so much of me was in that full heart. And I think for me, what was the most challenging was saying goodbye to that side of me in exchange or what seemed to be an exchange for a new side of me. So like that for me was that first part of that revelation was it was like a permission for myself to move in another direction and to know that I'm not losing as much as I'm just changing the season here, you know? And that I was afraid the program wouldn't, I was afraid that things would kind of fail uh, if i wasn't around and then that like put me in touch with a lot of parts of myself that kind of has like a, i don't know a rescue complex <laughs> where you know um i kind of feel like i'm the hero rescuing right or like you know that's a that's a that's a that's a nice combo for another day but it it felt important um in the beginning stages of of me making the choice to follow my passion and to come out to los angeles to like um, address some of the parts of myself that make me stay in one place and that sort of like hold me down um and i think the the permission to myself to move on was also like giving myself permission to change um deeply as a person and to let go of some of these aspects of myself that were more stagnant um and then i so relate to this part of like claiming you know your title i mean whenever here in la you know and in, in the pre-world and the world before, when we went to parties, I don't know if you all remember, um, <laughs> but at these parties, people gathered, believe it or not, and they stood next to each other talking about things. And um, and uh, in uh, one of these gatherings called a party I uh, would be asked often, um, what do you do? What do you do, man? Hey, what do you do, bro? What are you up to out here? And then there was always like that moment of like, how do I deliver this line? I am an actor, you know? Oh, I'm an actor. Oh, oh, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I am an actor. I'm an actor. You know, there's like a million ways to deliver the line, but it always flopped because it's just a line. Like I didn't actually feel that I was an actor. Like I would always just be saying I'm an actor. And they'd be like, and then, and, you know, then I'd like say it and my face would be blank, you know, because I'm just like, oh, I'm an actor. And I'm just looking at them like, yeah. And they're like, all right, <laughs> cool. Well, that's dope, man. And it was just the conversation would fall flat because like, you know, it was an empty statement because I didn't really fully believe it. Um, and partially because I really wasn't an actor. My income statement did not reflect that I was an actor. <laughs> um you know, as much time as I had in a day, maybe like 5% of it at most was spent actually acting. So, like, it comes down to sometimes, like, on a very practical level, like, to live a creative life, it's also a professional life, you know, it there's a melding of, like, knowing that, yeah, I'm an actor, I'm I'm acting the role of Joshua in this life, like, I'm the lead role of my life. I say that I'm an actor because I'm a human and I'm acting this part and I'm a person and I'm the star. (laughs) And, uh, but then there's the, there's the craft and the profession of acting, which if you're really going to say you're an actor, how much of your day is spent acting? How much of your income statements reflect that you have been acting? Uh, How much of your life is dedicated to acting? And I think when that is in line, then it's like, Oh, I'm an actor you know and then people are like oh cool like yeah i was on this set the other day and oh i'm studying with this person and yeah i just love i love acting because of how it it brings you into more connection with yourself and you can you can easily just continue upon that statement of who you are
0: um yeah i let me interject real quick i think no no don't don't (laughs) i think no seriously everything you're seeing is is something I've, i've dealt with in my own personal journey as well and i and I, and I really like what you said, Ricola, about that question, that moment. It's almost it's almost this culmination culminating point where it's the it's the most ripening moment where you needed to hear this statement or this this engagement to catalyze something in you. Um, because for me as a writer, it, it's almost it's almost as if like I I still have challenges wrestling with my own identity inside. and so I'm a writer. But it's like I think I feel like for me, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, and maybe Rocola, if you have any response to what Josh says as well, is like I feel like when I read about people that I look up to who come before me, like writers that I have that have lived their lives, like reading about their biographies, people in the inter- entertainment industry that have like gone out and done and creating art that I've become obsessed with that I really love. Has inspired me, so so I would love to ask that question like to you both. Is like I know we're cool that we had a conversation. I think it was about like last year or two years ago. I don't remember, but it was uh, post COVID. Oh, not post COVID. Pre future, pre COVID. Hey, Um, post COVID. (laughs) Love those days. Love those days. (laughs) But um, we were talking about Alfred Hitchcock, for example, and how like Mm -hmm. we love Alfred Hitchcock. So, So I would love to hear like from both of you, when you first made that leap in that journey, were there movies, uh, producers, actors, writers that inspired you and that kind of created that vision for you? Because I feel like you almost need that meaning to make that next leap. And then what was it when you actually got down to the ground floor of that 5% of acting or the grind of like doing the producing? And I, I, I know both of you have worked on numerous projects and things like, what were the realities in terms of the, the vision and the mentors that you looked up to and in, and in the work that needed to happen, or that is happening right now, to still get to this passion that you're living?
1: Hmm. Well, that's a complex question, so, <laughs> but let me try and smooth it out into different beats. Um, I think it's always good to look to people to see how they, influence their own life but always know that that's how they've lived kind of what joshua was saying is with self-discovery is don't take someone else's life and someone else's experience and make it your own see maybe what they did and use it to modify your own so that you can encourage yourself to be the best possible self so i think um one of the things that i try to do is, is i always try to take little nuggets of advice or wisdom from different filmmakers across different journeys And one that was kind of um, what Joshua was saying, the opposite that to his career was like someone like me who was in law and I'm still in Washington DC making movies and films. And I don't know a whole lot of people so when Jay Duplass, who is a low budget filmmaker who is now a kind of a Hollywood big not big wig but Hollywood medium wig. um, Is making all these kinds of movies, he used to have a famous saying is. don't wait. The cavalry will eventually come. So if you're leading by example, leading your own life in an example that you're trying to chase after, um, people will always be there to gravitate towards you because you're leading as such a clear, distinct lighthouse, say in the fog of life that most people are living in, which is their nine to fives. So I think people will eventually gravitate towards you. So just, I don't know if this is kind of wandering or meandering, but I think for myself, I've always looked and gotten influenced by filmmakers who made their own path heavily reliant on their own self-discovery and finding what works for them. And I think that's why I liked Hitchcock when we talked about it, is because he started as an art director who then became a set assistant director, who then became a director, who then crafted his own movies and created his own complex because he believed in his taste from the beginning to the end. And so people like uh, Jay Duplass and Mark Duplass, the brothers, they believe in their taste from the beginning to the end because they're ensemble cast wholesome pieces. So, I mean, I'll throw it to Joshua, but that's just kind of my two cents, at least on the beginning of that complex question.
2: Uh, I just want to be sure I understand. So you're, I feel like, I guess, Ricola, you you've had a journey where self-discovery also mirrored um, the other people's examples and, and sort of that you like your um, your connection to someone like Alfred Hitchcock but also then your like watching someone's success um, like that filmmaker you mentioned both inspired you to do what to, to,
1: to continue being myself to, to do kind of what you said earlier sorry that's where i'm not i'm disconnecting no at, it's, fine, it's is, fine is to continue pursuing my career whether or not people are there supporting me mm. and making sure i can still do it because at the end of the day we need to be our own lighthouses in our own lives like we need to have i i guess a deeper question and like and if we're going off topic for re- just you know reel yeah. us in Jesus. but <laughs> i kind of believe that in order to to like in order to to know what life is, it needs to be defined, and I'm not saying what is the meaning of life, I'm saying what is it for you that your life is currently made up. For example, before you were a teacher and you had these unfulfilled wants and desires, and so you realized that your life could grow further, and so for myself, when I was working in law, I was not fulfilled, particularly with my law career, and so I slowly took an examination of what fulfilled me. And I realized starting at the top, it was my faith, then it was my family, and then it was a career that I was passionate about. And what was I passionate about the longest was art and being a filmmaker that from eight years old, I knew I wanted to be in movies, but I didn't have the confidence in myself. And so I slowly filled up the confidence in my faith cup. And once that was focused and done, I then moved on to filling up the confidence in my family, which built a safe home base for me to then go out and leave my career and pursue a third or a totally different career and then i filled up the third bucket which is what i'm doing now in the process of uh which is being a filmmaker and finding now that confidence that i am a filmmaker and now going from small projects to medium projects and hopefully one day going to larger projects
2: that's super clear now and it's such a great point because i think it's easy to come from to a conversation like this and then leave feeling like you know, you're watching some TED talk about, you know, just go and jump and follow your passion. But I think it's important, as you're saying, to recognize that there are deep, deep caves and wells and aspects of ourselves that are like the foundation and the root system on which we then build a passionate life. And I think maybe um, some of what we experience is like being disconnected from a passionate life is actually we're just not really filled out at the base and then Mm -hmm. what you see at the top is sort of a, a reflection of like what's not really super filled out like you're you're in you're doing a life and you're in a job which isn't super super connected to who you are but how could you have a career that's really connected to your passion if you really haven't filled out the awareness of that part of you and if you haven't addressed it and come back to it and exactly like like you're right like you're saying your family your faith you know for me I think I think for me, it was confidence to express and let other people see me and to have intimacy in that way. Um, And I think to like have have the freedom um, to be myself uh, and all the different colors and expressions that that takes was really important in me claiming like this new life that I'm living. Um, But it was also a huge combination of like, coming back and like making peace with, wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to the other side of this continent. My family lives in Florida. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. live in California. Being in New York was sort of a little bit more safe. You know, I could have a shorter plane ride, right? Like there's part of me that was, you know, sort of innocently still holding on to kind of, you know, my, my, my connection to my home, but also like my more youthful parts of myself that isn't ready to leave mommy and daddy kind of thing mm-hmm. um and like similarly with uh my my i guess deepening also faith in how life unfolds um i think part of me like understood like wow you know if you if you're really connected and if you're if you're really passionately pursuing something you'll find the right things you'll meet the right people boy will you imagine how things are going to line up for you and then i get here to la and it's just sort of like you know a big kind of trumpet that just sounds like a like it's just a flat note it's just like i thought it was going to be this like incredible like i have a hang glider and i'm just gliding above the you know the the ocean but it was more like i was in a jungle and like a swamp and i'm like having to forage for like little like root vegetables and like see like find little opportunities in what seems to be an incredibly complex and not so easy to survive an ecosystem. And I will say that um, a, a moment where I, where things sort of clicked in terms of coming into wholeness um, for me was making a choice to, to, do a job and a series of jobs that weren't exactly like ideal um or that weren't like what maybe my like myself my more visionary self would have wanted to be an acting job but that were within reach that made sense that were financially also positive and that, gave me an opportunity to then say to someone, I am an actor because yesterday I spent 12 hours on set and I made enough money to pay my rent because of this job that I'm doing. Um, And this, you know, this was me jumping into background work and just getting on productions. Um, And that, that was in the beginning of 2019. Um, And that let me really trust uh, that even these like menial kind of seeming, because like as a background actor, non-union, you make minimum wage essentially. Um, and I really wanted to like come into LA, get an audition right away. Bam, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I'm a spokesperson for na- Nissan. Boom. How about that? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, who wants to you know collaborate with me on this film that I've written? You know, right? Um, but but doing background work was like a humbling experience, and I think that's kind of what I needed was to humble myself a little bit um and make and make a choice to 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 simply act on the thing that was within my reach that i was almost overlooking you know that background work was always there but was i willing to humble myself and just sort of actually do the thing and commit my life to it because when you're on set it's 12 hours um, and you won't do anything else. And sometimes you do that five, six days a week. And now all the adventures I was thinking I wanted to have in LA were less prevalent.
1: No, I, I completely agree. And I think that's valuable in, in multiple senses. And, and the first quick one is, is, is I think what you touched on is, especially with echoing what I said about faith, is, is I, I'm not meaning faith in a religion particularly, although that does help. And that is what I do fill my cup up with but I also mean mean you need that faith in yourself that you're pursuing it and that it's not the highs and lows of the daily life, it's the highs and lows of the years and the months, the years and the decades of what you wanna pursue for a life and having faith in yourself. The second thing that I think is also equally important for someone who is thinking about transitioning, making the jump is when they see, when they have, when they're in an unfulfilled career and they're jumping to the creative arts, whether it's acting or filmmaking, Everyone always thinks they're gonna have these overnight successes. But what you touched on, which I think is extremely important, which I try to live by is being a filmmaker and a producer. I wanna make movies and I see these people be successful making movies, but at first I need to be successful in my life. So I seek out commercial clients and it boggles my mind that none of my filmmaking peers that I know around me do commercial work because that's simply learning the trade using other people's money on a project where you can get paid and pay your bills. So like you, although background acting, you're not gonna strengthen your deep emotional ravine of characters, but you probably are gonna learn the trade of acting, being on set, being an actor, what the process is, getting ready, what the call times, the wait times, the call sheets, all that. So. I think it's important to to always, if you're transitioning, kind of realize that there are ways to make yourself some income to call yourself and get the confidence to call yourself whatever it is you're pursuing, as long as you bite in and get your hands dirty.
0: Seriously, I feel like both of you are spitting a lot of wisdom and I feel so inspired right now because I, I want to pull out two things and then we're going to shift gears a little bit. I feel like what i've been hearing is that our whole self inside of who we are we have an originality that is true to us it's almost as if we have to align ourselves with our own meaning with what works for us with our own talents with our own gifts and it's like we almost have to reflect that light and look inward to this infinite labyrinth and really seek to understand what those parts are and create a syncretic relationship where you're bringing your entire self, you're integrating things and you're this sort of universal uh, process in terms of your passion. And I think another thing I feel that's so critical, especially being in living in an economic and political system is, is that you, you, we got to do the work. It's like, we have to pay the bills. And I think that's one of the things that I ache a lot is this idea that the, the starving artists, i think that's a common paradigm or com- common tropes and i think it is it's there for a reason but i do f- agree with a lot of you and i love the picture that you've designed Josh and you've been in the forest and then it, it was the hollywood was almost like a complex jungle where you're literally having to forage like little piece of things and then i think you you i think i the interesting thing is the this the vision you you defined was you're almost by yourself in a way and I, I didn't see there was like a lot of people or mm. going to that journey. And I, maybe you painted that too as well, Ricola. So my question is, I feel like maybe that's my intuition, but I feel like when we're looking at, in terms of really making a dent in an industry or making it, dent especially the entertainment industry, we almost have to look towards the future. And we almost have to look towards how the trends and the wins, there's like, the heavenly winds are sort of shifting in the direction. It's like you're putting your tongue in your mouth and you're putting your finger up and you're trying to sense the direction of these subtle cosmic winds. And I feel like a key thing for that sensing is this authenticity, this originality, this idea that you have to lead without fear and being able to embrace other people and collaborate with them. And also willingness to start from the bottom because you almost need that template foundation to do the work. So I would love to hear like, how, like, how have you seen the, your, and from your sense, Because like, Josh, you're doing acting, Rocola, you're looking at uh, production and, and, and filmmaking. It's like, how how is the industry shifting and how have you, like, aligned yourself with this big change? Because it's like, I think a lot of these changes is like the empires fall and the empires wise. Like, yes, I'm gonna bring up <laughs> Harvey Weinstein in this in this conversation. And how a lot of the, the, the historical way and the way that it's been centralized. I don't know. I I guess the question I'm asking is, is where do you feel that the industry, the media, the entertainment industry is going? And how is it shifting? And how do you feel like you've been able to see it based on the work that you're doing? Has it even shifted over the last three years? And also, I'm adding another fifth question. <laughs> it's like COVID, and I think COVID had uh, the quarantine had had such a major impact in terms of like the the codes and the the policy that production companies have to have, and now they have to be more safe in terms of the people they hire because it's like there's more risk in bringing on new talent. So I, I'm wondering, is like where where is where have you seen or where do you even feel like it's it's going in terms of your craft in in the industry? I know it's a large question, but it's a lot to unpack. I have a way to
2: address this through um, a personal example. And I think, cause you know, I'm not, all right. So I'll just start with this personal example um, to sense the cosmic winds as Faris is saying, um, because I think we can sense the cosmic winds through our individual uh, experiences. And for me, going back to this background work idea, um, The way my career accelerated when I started doing back work was not from the role that I got as a background actor. It was from the people that I met on set. And it was from the the connections that I made through being in the environment of a film set. And so one of my first jobs, I met someone who we we were at a wedding. That was our role as we were. We were at a wedding together. It was a pilot. So it was like a multiple kind of eight to nine day shoot. You're there every day with, with each other. And if you get paired with someone, for example, in like a in a dance scene, that dance scene and that sort of party may take four days to shoot. So you're kind of like with someone for four days and you're, you know, you, you're you literally sitting around for three hours on end, just waiting for them to set up the lighting and, and everything. Um And in those times, you get to know each other very well um, because you have nothing else to do. You have nowhere to go, you can't leave. You are, you know, often you can't have your phone, right? So you are isolated, but you are together. And this person uh, and I got to talking and eventually, you know, towards the end of the shoot, um, she had dropped an idea that she was trying to put together a pilot for herself and she wanted to create something. Um, And she had a vision and that, you know, I I might fit, with with a vision, and there was a, a way that I might be able to help her and, and share and, and act in her in her movie, and so like time goes by, and we end up um, in the summer of that year making something together. Um, but what was so beautiful about how that happened was, you know, she isn't super rich; she's not like you know some millionaire, so she can't just buy a movie. Um, she doesn't have experience relatively speaking in making something like this This is her first time ever doing anything like this you know she's she's she wrote it herself it's her first thing that she's ever written and what was so cool about then how this connects to the future is how she was able to then pull together different people who have different skills most of those people are in the similar position as her having just started out but having access to information and resources through this web this communication uh, mycelial network called the internet and how they were able to gather the skills needed how we were able to rent the equipment that would be used on a high level production how we were able to set things up and make things as though it was the you know the movie That is multi million dollars. That is, you know, made by people who have been doing this their whole lives and doing our best to emulate that. And we did a great job. I mean, the the footage that I got is awesome. You know, it's it really came together. It benefited me because I got to have the experience of acting in you know multiple day shoots and long hours and a lot of dialogue as a lead. And you know, it gave me great footage for my reel. And for her, it's something that she's pitching to networks and stuff like that. So, but all this came because of the connection of the ability, not only for us to be connected on a set, but then for us to have connection to information and resources through the internet that allows us to be empowered as filmmakers. And this for me is what I I see as a progression forward in this industry is that we all now have the ability to with less resources than ever before and with less experience than ever before, still make art at a fairly high level um, at the minimum just for fun. And then actually, and to some now degree, to then be streamed on Amazon, to be projected through this, these media outlets and be seen by a lot of people. And I think it, right now is a very unique time um, with these the combination of these elements in our industry.
1: Yeah, I think even to piggyback on that is one of the things that I completely agree with Josh is the even just the simple networking of being on set and meeting people and the like, because for someone like me, who's based in Washington, DC, who that doesn't have a rich filmmaking community as strong as say, New York, LA or Atlanta, um, I took the approach to so that I could meet people and make opportunities. I, um, back in 2018, finished my first short film and I thought it was the greatest short film in the world. And I was ready to send it around to about 20 different festivals. And I found out it was like $2,000 to send it to all these different festivals. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I'm probably not gonna get into any of these so I decided, why don't I rent a theater and just show my friends my short? Mm. So I went and I rented, a, I went to go rent a theater and they said, well, unfortunately you gotta rent it for three hours. And I said, I don't have enough friends to show my eight minute short <laughs> over and over again for three hours. None of, like I don't have that many people. And then I immediately said, why don't I start my own film festival and build my own community where by hosting a film festival, I'm drawing people to me that will hopefully help enrich my networking through promoting their work. And so I said, how can I do this? I'll focus hyper locally on DC, on Capitol Hill. And that's where our film festival, the Capitol Hill Film Festival was originally launched. And now uh, three short years later, we're transitioning to a larger event called the National Short Film Festival um, with last year's winners, um, getting meetings with Netflix and Showtime, eventually selling their short film to um, Funny or Die, which was developed into an eight episode um, series. And so for kind of what Josh was saying is, 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 if you think you're out there transitioning to a career in the creative arts, whether it's acting, whether it's filmmaking, whether it's directing, whatever it is, get jobs, because you can build a network and opportunities there. And what I'm saying is, is on top of that, if you feel like you're alone, and you can't find people to build a network with, there's always things you can do in your own community, like building maybe a one night short film festival to show people or things like that, or having a podcast or reaching out to people to network where you can create opportunities to grow your career. And I think that is the first part of the future of kind of our career. I think the 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 more interesting future futurist question is, is where the industry is going and kind of like Josh said, you can be streamed on many different platforms. Um, I think we're going to lose, there, I think there's going to be a fragmentation of much like when filmmakers fought over film being shot on film versus film being shot on digital, I think there's going to be kind of a schism for at least filmmakers who eventually only want theater experience and then filmmakers who realize that the term filmmaker is nothing more than just storyteller and who don't mind seeing their their works grown across streaming and access to better platforms. So for someone like me, when I'm making a film, I'm probably taking a loss on most of my films early in my career because they're low budget pieces that not a lot of people see. And it's mostly there to elevate my my own talent and show people proofs of concept, kind of like Josh's friend did with her feature that she shot or or pilot, excuse me, that I think you said. And um, the reward though is that I am gaining experience, I'm gaining practical experience, I'm getting better and better, and I'm showing a track record of success in at least from concept to completion so that when the budget does expand and there's marketing resources, I can have, I can show proof of concept. And so that's why, again, the film festival helps me on a second aspect because besides the creation, I'm seeing now the distribution side. I'm seeing, because we went from a traditional event in 20, 28, or 2018, 2019, and then for 2020, we had to go virtual. I'm now seeing the different trends of what people like in theater, which is, people want more communal movies like that they can like horror movies where they can jump as a crowd together whereas i'm seeing on digital platforms people are enjoying more dramas and character driven dramas because you're finding the niche of what the individual audience member likes and so i think kind of again to be meandering in my talking i just kind of think those are the three different trends is being kind of going out getting the work Figuring out what side of the work you're on—are you going to be someone for wider distribution or more, art, say, artistic? Whether or not that's a better term or not, um, theater-only exibi- exhibition, and then the third thing being on the distribution side.
0: I, yeah, that resonates with me. You're def- both. You're not meandering. I think this is so critical to how the industry is shifting like so radically because I've been I've been to one of of, of Rocola's. Uh, short Film Festival, it was, I have to say, it was a packed house. I think most of the seats were filled. There was a lot of people there.
1: Um, and so we're pretty it, close. We're pre- we are we get pretty close to sell out, but we're not fully sell That will be the dream right. one day, but not until we get to those good post, post-COVID memories.
0: <laughs> the post-COVID world. I don't know why I said that, um, but I, I do I, I do want to, I think you guys bring a good point in this sort of movement where technology is, bring in these communication devices, bringing more access, more tools, more opportunities for people to create their own selves. Because it's like, it's almost as if, it's, if you have a community around you, that's where people it's like gets, attention is being drawn to that. And I really like the metaphor of the light post, the light or the lighthouse. It's so almost as if it's like, you have to find your own light. You have to find your own meaning structure and you have to take the risk to be able to go out and pursue all of these like impulses that you can't really make sense out of, you're like, I want to do this. This is what brings life to me. So I guess how wh- what was that process in terms of? I guess I have like multiple questions in my mind because I feel like I remember I was reading somewhere where someone shot an entire film on a on an iPhone. Um, it's just it just kind of blew my mind on on how like the traditional ways are. Or
1: shifting. And and I believe got nominated for an Academy Award. It's Sean Baker's Tangerine. It was shot completely on an iPhone. Transgender it woman uh, that Yes, out of LA. I think her life life experience. I I haven't I haven't seen that Sean Baker. I've seen the Florida Project, which he does kind of all quirky things. But yes, to your point, there is what's called the kind of iPhone revolution where the iPhones are good enough with certain apps that you can actually shoot. Shorts featured on whatnot. Steven Soderbergh does it. Um, Martin Scorsese just released a short during quarantine that he shot on his iPhone. So, what
0: does what does that? What are the implications of that? I feel like we have we as a society haven't really seen the astronomical implications of of having a, a little tiny device that can allow us to connect with millions of people if we put enough focus, enough synchronicity, enough passion enough luck as well um, and enough grit to move in a direction to create that light. Like what are the implications? Because I I know with this COVID world, a lot more films are now transitioning now into streaming platforms. Um, I wasn't in the golden globes, like a lot of the streaming platforms are picking up a lot of rewards. Like I remember even two years ago, there was a big fight in the MPAA in terms of like admitting Netflix into the Motion Picture Association. And people were like, they're like, no, this is the traditional way it's been done, and then when you look at the history, like George Lucas, or you look at those other filmmakers, at that stage in their lives, they were pushing the envelopes with these new technologies, or look at what Pixar did with these new technology. I guess, I guess the question is, like, what does it even take to, to even, like, because I feel like the traditional gatekeeping processes are being decentralized i'm just i want to hear your thoughts and like what does it mean for you what do you like because i know you you have one you have 24 hours during the day like what does it look like in terms of discerning all these opportunities that might be but making sense of the ones that can be that stage for those meaningful relationships
1: not to be rude but if i can jump in front of josh for just two seconds and then i'll throw it to him
0: Please, please i think
1: I think one of the interesting things that you have to first think about is realize that filmmaking, so movies, storytelling on TV, iPhone, whatever it is, is really only about a hundred years old. So that's the first thing is we're not, we're not a history, it's not a history list, although storytelling is ages and millennia old, movie making, filmmaking. I think that's the first thing. The second thing is I think kind of what you said is by having democratization of ability of of making films and telling stories, I think the future you're going to see is, I think we're going to see a lot better filmmakers come out of it because a lot more people can tell stories. And when more people are telling their authentic stories, you're going to see a lot greater content. So I think we're going to have a golden age of, I don't know, streaming, booming TV, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's going to be 10 years, a hundred years from now, but I think there will eventually be this great thing where you can see storytellers from any country in the world because a kid has a cell phone that they're shooting a script that tells them to their story, and then I think kind of, well, I don't know what the third thing I forgot what I was going to say, so I'll throw it to Josh now. But that's that's kind of the two major points I at least wanted to throw in to co- pro- provide context around let, let what me we're talking about
0: as well. Like I feel like I want to just say this: I think it's going to. I think we're long overdue for an American Renaissance. Um, where this, there's this really renaissance of creativity, intellectual discussion, because I think you need those, the, the artists to guide society and our collective consciousness into a direction that a lot of people can't imagine. And this is where I feel the power of storytelling is so fundamental. Um, but I would love to hear Josh's thoughts in terms of the future and, and this democratization. It's like, has it been helpful Like, to get on social media, like, how do you even discern, um, like, what is the right thing to do and not the right thing to do? Is this wasted energy, esteem, like, even to respond to what Ricola said as well?
2: To express themselves to be heard, sometimes in ways that is intense, and then the whole world sees it, and other times in ways that is just an empowered expression of this is what um, I need, this is the justice I'm asking for, and um, how can we meet each other and create a new culture, you know, this, this social uprising that we're experiencing during these times, I think, then is something which is rooted in what will then become the art that is made out of this time is going to be an art that is a lot of radical voices. And I think we're going to see now, like, there's always been radical filmmakers, but have those radical filmmakers been able to make something really radical, and then stream it, and then it gets viral and now something that would only be held by the gatekeepers out of theaters now becomes you know, in people's living rooms. And I think that is part of the revolution in a way is this, this ability for us to have very, very, very radical artistic expressions be recognized by the audience that resonates with it. And then that audience is large enough now that they all have access to these streaming platforms of this internet streaming. whatever platform arises that 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 art is that influences culture so that's one interesting strand that i'm excited to be a part of something else for me um i don't know this just feels relevant is like if i could play a little bit of like a advocate a devil's advocate to the positivity um which uh i enjoy doing because i'm a very like positive person so i kind of like you know going to the dark side a little bit but um (laughs) you know a lot of this like the tech the cell phones which lets you make your things and then you can just like you know get eight million views by just like holding a selfie in front of your face and like stitching it together on like you know movie iMovie and just making something silly and millions of people seeing it that's incredible um but what I hope and what I don't want to have happen is that a whole generation of people loses touch with the craft, which allows this art to take very high level effect. So like when you watch a really, really well done film, which is incredibly lit and and shot in a way and the actor engages with the lens in a way and the actor next to them in a way where all of it comes together to then impact you and you cry. Um, that is something that you need to be an apprentice of you can't just sort of poop that out I don't think like you might be able to make capture an amazing moment with your phone and sort of I don't know you know find a way to capture a moment that does affect people of course and that we see that all over the place in our social media in our in our tech uh, internet connected tech world but I just I just know in myself that I had to come to a place where I had to realize I had to really be a student for a long time. And I have to continue to be a student to learn something that has been perfected over a hundred years and longer when it comes to theater and and performance arts. Um, so let's not throw out the old way either, and let's still, you know, know that. Because I just know that millennials, you know, my peers, people, are, we're very impatient, and we just want to like do shit and like just start and just make things. And sometimes we feel disconnected because we have that impulse, but we don't really know exactly how to do it in a way that really matches our vision and what we know would be effect, effectful, uh, affecting, affect, affecting. I don't know. Um, and so, and I think the bridge between what your vision is as an artist and then where you are, sometimes it's a process and a skill set and a thing that you have to learn, which is going to take time. And we can't just rush and just ignore the craft of making film and this type of art. So that's just something that feels important as we're going into the future, when everyone has access to a camera and some probably pretty dope sound uh sound the capabilities of these future devices right like who knows you know you could have little little you know you got like a, a a nice processor in your phone which could be hooked up to a really good like wireless lavalier mic and all of a sudden you got professional quality sound and you know you ne- we all that's coming um And so just part of me knows that it's important to stay connected to the experiences that have led us to this point of making amazing film
0: uh, yeah.
1: And I completely agree with you, um, Josh, in that point is that is that um, what we were talking about earlier is people who wanted to transition in careers and how you have to have the faith. But I think what you're talking about is is when you do transition and you are in that career, I think, again, you have to double down on that faith that you're going to get incrementally better as an artist throughout your career so that you can eventually be an artisan rather than just something, someone who's just a, say, filmmaker or just like you said an actor right. someone who actually follows different acting methods and studies and says oh i believe this method and so i'm going to mind these experiences or i believe this style and, and you I know agree with you
2: yeah and it's and it's not about being the best it's just the fact is if you want to master something it is just going to take time And there are many paths to mastery and there's going to be many new styles of filmmaking. You know, it's, it's, there's no, like, there's no, it's not, this isn't about kind of holding yourself down to one way of doing things. It's just more of, I think for me, it's just personally um, relevant that I am sometimes turned off by processes because of how they just sort of stop my whole Uh, My whole circus show here called my life and they really make me, you know, have to slow down and and take things step by step and bite by bite and moment by moment, and it just, I think, I think part of what's coming up for me is what I'm sensing in the collective is a is People are getting very blah, blah. everything's faster, 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 more, 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 more. 5G, 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 5G. I want my video now. I want my content now. I want to stream here. You know, I want to make my career go. I want to, I wanna get invested in stocks and make millions of dollars tomorrow. Like there's this like this energy of people getting very impatient. And um, technology stimulates that, I think. So slowing down in this life i think is something that either you start choosing um to harmonize with because i think life has a rhythm and sometimes it's fast but sometimes it's really slow and i think that's a a choice to harmonize with that rhythm and if you don't make that choice i think eventually the rhythm of life sort of catches you and you sort of stumble and you fall and then you have no choice but to slow down and
1: I completely agree with you. I think that's one of the most valuable insights of today that we've talked about because I know that I hit the wall as a lawyer because I was unfulfilled and then health problems came up. And so when you're unfulfilled working and then you have health problems and then you realize you have to make a radical shift in how you live your life. You I was forced to slow down and then I was forced to slow down and kind of again what Josh was saying is The advice sunk into me from my wife, which is brilliant advice, but it took years to to realize was that in our lives, we should be focused on daily little victories, not hitting home runs every day. You know, let's just hit a single every day, let's just get on base, you know, and the next day we'll try and get on base again. And then by the end of the week, we'll have at least scored one run with a runner in scoring position. And so, not to do baseball metaphor, but like (laughs) little victories, I think as soon as I started adopting. And realizing that I'm going to have greater success in my life by doing one thing each day incredibly well and building on that, whether it's my craft as a filmmaker, um, whether it's my craft of networking, whether it's my craft as a storyteller, whatever it is, that sustains me more than saying hitting a home run that only lasts, that I think I can tell all my friends about, that is about pub publicity or popularity. I think the the living a life of daily victories and again it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is again faith maybe not faith say in religion but faith in yourself that those little victories will add up to a successful career where you become not just what you want to do but an artisan at what you do.
0: All right, I that resonates with me a lot the idea of slowing down and I think the idea of slowing down almost seems that it's it's like, you have to have so much in alignment to be able to slow down. I always use the metaphor of the fan. It's like, you're going fast and in high resonance of your you're in tune with yourself, but it almost seems like you're slowing down, you're present in the moment. Um, I, I really appreciate what everyone has said. I think we're nearing towards the end of the, the show, but I did have one question and I think this might be a, a little pushback for this idea of patience and I, I I agree. I totally agree. I think we need to be patient with ourselves. We need to be able to understand the craft and to a level that is necessary. For one of my personal realizations over the last five six years, I and it and I feel that comes in into why I believe I've been brought on this planet for is this idea of storytelling, and I hold storytellers to such a high regard. Because I feel storytelling, I feel, is the most important thing in terms of human evolution, in terms of of culture, value, catalyzing force in terms of our own awareness. In terms of, of defining this vision of peace, I think storytelling is probably the most cornerstone. It's a mythological device that encodes information, can radically shift the inner life of someone or plant the right seeds. You can't really force new ideas into someone but you can create a mirror that allows people to reflect. So arts. So I, I hold storytelling to high regard. And I personally feel that a lot of how the storytelling has been told, whether it's how we look at our history, whether it's how we look at other folks that are disenfranchised in our society, or whether it's how we look at women, um, whether we all look at all the people in voices, I feel like a lot of the storytelling has have been very violent. And I know there can be a lot of pushback into that. And in that violence is in, in terms of, it doesn't necessarily allow a person to think, it doesn't allow, it doesn't really bring, up, bring those warmer faculties towards good, towards complexity, towards paradox, towards more like dialectical thinking. I, I guess my question is, I, we are faced right now on the planet with radical problems. Like we learned there is climate change, Um, whether it's homelessness, I know you, Josh, you volunteer a lot with the homelessness and different programs that you're in in California. Like we have a lot of cosmic problems. And I know the earth is always going to be there. It's the humans that are asking (laughs) to be here for more time. But it's like in the face of all these revolutions that are happening, like climactic, uh, technological, and also the shifts that are happening in Hollywood right now, with streaming services, or even this more awareness towards bringing more minority voices to the table to create more of a holistic vision of storytelling. Like, I almost feel like being patient is that, I feel like it is important to be patient internally within self, within this inner, inner world of our life, in terms of like who we are and in terms of our craft. But I almost feel like, We almost have to throw ourselves into bold moonshot ideas to be able to deal with this system that is collapsing, that is decaying, um, that hasn't served us. Um, I'm putting, I'm sort of setting the stage and maybe inside of you, you might be like, no, I don't agree. And that's okay. But I would love to hear your like thoughts in terms of like, how do artists react? And I know Josh, you talked about radical ideas and radical thoughts, but it's like, how do we react to this world that is decaying? And and, and this need to, to imagine something new and this need to move into a new like timeline of humanity. Because I feel storytelling is that there's no other, there's literally no other <laughs> space that can be so syncretic and bringing so many different parts of reality. Um, so I, I hold storytellers to a high regard. And I would, my healthy pushback is that, I think we need to like, we need mush on ideas. I, I agree in terms of the patience. Um, and I think in terms it, that patience for me has come with my principles in terms of my faith, my, my community, my creative practice, my meditation. Like I think those principles definitely anchor me, but I guess my question is like, how do we address these big things, these big issues? Cause I don't know. I just, I know there's great stories out there, but, there's a lot of storytelling that doesn't bring life. And, and we, we gravitate towards more the market and what salivates our, our taste buds, but not necessarily what brings us more awareness. So maybe I'm biased, but I'd love to hear your thoughts in terms of, of that.
1: Well, I think you're talking about three distinct things. And I think you're talking about one, I'm saying it's okay to be patient in figuring out your self identity and how you wanna project that into the future. I think the second thing is you're talking about career. And I think that's where it's okay in your career to try and be radical moonshots, to try to tell stories in new ways, to try and tell new voices. I think that's okay to be a little bit fast forward. So I just wanna make be clear in that, that that there's two distinct things is, I think it's okay to be pa- to take pause, take moments of silence for yourself and your own identity. But for your career, of course, be radical, but again, like Josh said earlier, make sure you have the talent underneath it, a foundation of talent, so that when you do say something radical or show a new movie, it's not just seen for the newness of it, it's seen for the craft, it's seen for the story, it's seen for the ability to take that leap. So that's kind of, kind of what I was saying in that regard.
2: Yeah, and I guess what I'll add is, um... to be swept up in the tide will not make you better at serving the people who are drowning. So like if you make art as a re- as a reaction to things and trying to like save people from their experiences, I just don't think that art is going to really translate because it's not really coming from like maybe a place that is connected to your true excitement or experience, it's more like you're projecting what you want people to feel and you're kind of sending it out. And I just know that in communication, in relationships, and then in movies, those type of things don't always connect and people feel like they're being missed because really I think um, people who are going through some very challenging times right now, um, they want to feel connected others they don't want to feel isolated um they want to feel that they are safe that they have what they need that they are able to make choices and be empowered and all of these things i think as artists um we can serve <clears throat> these these important human needs um but i don't think it's always going to come as a direct answer or solution through art. I think art is like a spark that ignites a fire inside of you. And it's not always like, I think the Western mind likes to like analyze something and then say, oh, beep, 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 identified problem, beep, beep, beep address problem with solution, bloop, bloop. And it's like this mathematical equation. But I think the way you move a human into healing or place or a new place inside themselves. It's not always, it's not always done that way. I think people are moved by the soul. They're moved by something that's deeper and that is tapped in from us. And we don't tap into that by, you know, kind of seeing what's going on in the world and then analyzing it and then addressing a specific part of it that we think needs help that's a very general statement, but I'm just tapping into what I'm experiencing right now. And I think the way we really address and, and serve this world that is in many ways, having a tough day, (laughs) um, we have to be rooted in something solid within ourselves, whether that's a confidence that we have that has been garnished over our experiences, or whether that's just a certain understanding that, well, right now, I'm so privileged to be able to make a piece of art. And so how can I make something that is from this place of abundance and gratitude and stillness and you know solidness that's within myself and not give up this inner sanctuary, thinking that I need to kind of get swept up in the big storm that's happening all around me. I think if artists are too swept up by things, they're they're just not going to have the fortitude and the stillness, which allows you to tap into higher creative aspects and and channel something and make something that comes from somewhere else. And those type of creations really move people, you know, because it almost comes out of the current storm. It's like it is brought from the outside of the of the chaos from this other place and. Um, and yet, and yet bringing, bringing art from that other place, I think it requires a certain amount of strength and stillness within that, that is sometimes only accessed from, um, from a, uh, an inner uh, surrender to, to the, the chaos that's without and that's outside of you. And then you're surrendering to this place within that is okay. And that it's okay to feel good. And it's okay to feel inspired and to make art from that place. Um, yeah,
0: I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Seriously, you lead with the soul. Um, your soul mission will find a way. I really, really, really like, I appreciate those, those, that answer recall any any response? If you don't have any, I'll move to the final uh, final. No,
1: I, I I loved it.
0: Super. Um, this seriously has been so amazing <laughs> to get you to to talk about like the creative process, where you feel the industry is going, what your journey has been. I always ask the guests on the show this question, and is like either of you, what is the most important idea that you think people should be paying attention to? You can say it in a very short, concise way that is gonna you feel is gonna shape the future in the next 20, 30 years. Like what is the most important idea or advice or thing that you've heard? It could be something we talked on the show or something you're, you're reading or anything.
1: Um, I know, I know for myself, the most important thing is is so I have a two-year-old and I'm gonna be a new father to a son in a couple of months. And I think the most important thing that I'm learning the older I get is the most radical idea that I've ever heard, but it hasn't sunk in until I've gotten older with a little bit more perspective is just be kind. Treat people with kindness. That's the most important thing I think there is. Everyone's someone's son, everyone's someone's daughter, everyone's someone's father, everyone's someone's mother, brother, or sister. So just be kind. Ah, <laughs> uh,
2: Yes. Oh, the most important thing. You know I have to. (laughs) As I've lived my life in this hilltop sanctuary, um, I think just cooking it down to where I've found myself right now in this stage of my life, um, I have a newfound respect for... Uh, People who are better than me, (laughs) Um, learning and, uh, you know, gaining insight from people being, being open to mentorship and apprenticeship, um, admitting that you don't know things and that it's okay that even at, you know, 29, you're just starting. That's okay. Um, And that you're not less than sort of anyone else by beginning something. In fact, you show the metal of your pasture, as Shakespeare would say, um, by how you face your challenges, even though um, it might seem that you're still beginning something if you if you jump into these challenges with full heart and with full life and commitment, you're you are showing who you are, and you're going to show that to yourself. And then when you have self-respect, then any audition you go into, any conversation you have, you know, any of these sort of big career moments or whatever they are, the things that pop up in your life that you find to be challenging. If you've proven to yourself that you can do something and that you have the metal to, to live fully through challenges, then then when you approach them, you're going to have a certain muscle developed, which is automatic, which is built in, which allows you to, to show up fully to a challenge and make it your own. And then that's where creativity comes from. You know, that's where the great actors, the great artists are able to like be in these high stressed high, you know, imagine sculpting a a incredible thing out of granite. And then like you're working on like the little, piece of the eyeball and like you know you know that if you tap it wrong you could just shatter that 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 part of that eyelid and that four months of work is gone that's a high pressure situation and you have to develop a certain fortitude and strength within yourself that is automatic and it's only going to be gained through practice and through time and through living it so i guess what i'm trying to say is uh uh prove it to yourself first you don't have to prove it to anyone else and then and and once you've once you've shown yourself who you are and you've come into wholeness in yourself and you've taken that step forward as a whole being as like a as a as a you've made you know you've made a solid relationship internally everything else feels differently and and all the things that you thought were like big worries in your life kind of the the weight of that comes comes down and you're able to really walk forward strongly. So that's
0: what I would impart, I guess. It's absolutely beautiful. It's like music. Um, I appreciate you two being on the show. I think I've, I've changed. I've I've traversed into a new reality right now after speaking with you two. It's quite uh, awesome. And I'll be re-listening to this multiple times as I do in my past conversations. Uh, where can the viewers uh, reach you Uh, where, if they want to follow you and your journey or reach out to you, where, where can they, you can give your handles real quick.
1: Uh, I'm just simply at by So that's B Y R E K O L A uh, on Twitter, Instagram and by Super. Yeah.
0: And
2: y'all can find me at Joshua.mesnik spelled M E S N I K. Okay. And, uh, that's my Instagram. That's pretty much where I'm at. And you can, you know, hit me up on there.
0: Super. Well, thank you to you both. And until next time.
2: So great to chat. Thanks for breeze.
0: Thank you for listening the Fabrice Gary show today if you like what you heard please share it with friends and family in your network and please like it and rate it five star thank you very much until next time